What is prayer? And why do we pray? Is it because of some religious practice that we came to meet? Or because we feel obligated to do it? Why exactly do we need to pray as Christians? I'm Rizwan, and you're welcome to Huo's Convos. Okay, you're welcome to Huo's Convos. This is Rizwan. I'm always your host, and yeah, today we're starting with a new episode. But before that, I want you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I also have an Instagram page. You can subscribe to the Instagram page. He was Convos, that's the Instagram page. And then you can follow on all podcasts. So if you're not the kind of person who likes to watch videos, you could also listen on podcasts. I mean, we're on all platforms. I think uh, iTunes, Spotify, whatever platform you can think about. Yeah, you can just go there. I think the link is already in the Instagram page. So Linktree, Heels Convos, you get all the links there. All right, you're welcome to this new episode. And the last episode, we talked about praying in the spirit. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and watch the previous episode on praying in the spirit because this is just like a continuation from the last episode. So praying in the spirit. What does it mean to pray in the spirit? I dealt with that in the last episode. So this time around, I'm going to be asking, I mean, answering the question, why do we pray? Why is it important to pray? I mean, uh, most of it, I mean, most Christians were born, most Christians, I mean, they're born into Christian homes and you grew up just knowing that you need to pray. I mean, you know, the song we used to sing when we were in high school. I, mean, I think I was in primary school when the song was done in assembly. It was read your Bible, pray every day. And we do that. And it's always, prayer had always been a theme of a routine uh, for most people who grew up in different homes, especially religious homes. And we, pe- children just grow up to see this thing called prayer. And so it's always this prayer. And then it's this hello thing. Have you prayed before doing this? Have you prayed before doing that? But one thing I came to realize or I saw is that a lot of people actually just have this prayer routine without actually praying. And he goes back to answering the question, why exactly do we pray? Because I feel like if we're not able to answer the uh, the why of some particular things or some situations, it's almost impossible for us to be able to um, understand the importance or the purpose of it. And when you don't know the purpose of something, you, you can definitely abuse it. So why exactly do we pray as Christians? Why is it important to pray to God? Are we doing this because of some religious uh, practice that we've came to learn about? Are we doing this because we're obligated to do it? Are we doing it as a routine? Because I could tell you a lot of people are actually praying, but they're actually never communicating with God. And you could tell from the way they pray or from how they approach this thing called prayer. And so a lot of us have this mindset of prayer that we, you know, we just follow this routine every day. Uh, I, I pray every day. I do this, but do we actually pray? So I think it just goes back to answering the why. Why do we pray? I posted this on Instagram uh, some hour. Uh, I think, yeah, I posted on Instagram recently. And then people, some were actually trying to respond. Uh, and I think somebody said, uh, one, of the reason, one of the things we need to do in this life is actually pause and reflect on why we're actually doing some things. It helps us to know how to pray better and when to pray. I agree with that. It's the fact that sometimes you may need to pause and ask yourself, why am I doing this? What exactly is the motive behind this? And so, yeah, why do we pray as Christians? And 
this is the part I want to share with today. But before even get into the talk of uh, the, the topic of prayer itself, it's first understanding this concept of being born again. I mean, if you get this whole idea, knowing that being a born again Christian means that you are now uh, uh, born or welcome into a new family. You've been, I mean, grafted into a family of God, which is not just any kind of family, but a family of God. So first understanding is the fact that as born again Christians, we are a member of a family. In the book of John, um, chapter 1 and verse 12, Jesus was speaking there, or John was speaking there, uh, but as they say, Jesus was speaking, but he said there, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So by reason of being born again, we are part of a family. We have become children of God with a father. So we're not children that are orphans, but we're children with a father. So the first understanding is that we are in a family. So by being born again, Jesus brings us into that oneness with God where we can call God our father. In the book of Romans, it says, we have received the spirit of adoption wherewith we cry or whereby we cry, Abba, Father. By reason of receiving Jesus Christ or believing in him, we have received the spirit of adoption. And that spirit of adoption tells us that we are now part of God's family. So the first thing I need to understand is I am a child of God, as in the literal sense. I'm a child of God. I've been born into his family. I belong to God's family. <laughs> in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 to 2, it talks about how what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. It's an amazing love. So in the same way that your father or your earthly mother would call you a child and you know that you belong to that family by reason of being born into that family, it's the same way when we get born again, we are born into the family of God. So we are now a family. A family, a father, and the children. So we have this connection with God that God has given to us. And now if we are part of God and God is our father, one of the things that we sustain, of course, Jesus said, I mean, when Jesus died on the cross, there's one thing he restored for us, is that relationship we once lost. And now we have it with God. And so when you've lost that relationship and now you have it with God, there's a oneness. And so if God is our father, we're children. One of the things that will sustain a relationship is communication. I couldn't imagine being in a family where you're all so quiet and nobody says anything. So you're just in the family, just quiet. Everybody's looking. Certainly, there's going to be a level of dysfunction happening in the family after a while. And the thing about Christianity is when we're born into it, we're born into this family to do the Father's will. Now, this I addressed in the last episode of Praying in the Spirit, Praying the Father's Will. We, are, we have come into Christianity where we submit ourselves to Christ. In Galatians 2.20, Paul was talking about, I am crucified with Christ, but the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who lives in me. So basically, the life that I have is the life of God, the life of Christ. So my life is surrendered to Christ. When I get born again, my life is surrendered to God and he takes control of it. So his will and not our will. So we submit our will for him. 
So if I'm in the family with God and God is my father, then communication is necessary. Because how else would I know the father's will if I'm not in constant communication with him? How else would I say that I have a relationship with God if I do not have sustained communication with him? So primarily, prayer is a place of communion, a place of communication with one's father. So if God is my father and I have a relationship with him, I won't be quiet with him. I need to speak with him. That's what will sustain the relationship, at least on my side. Because he says he will never leave me nor forsake me. But how do I get aware of that? Is by continually talking to him. So primarily prayer is a place of communication. You have to see the need or you have to picture the idea that you are part of a family. And prayer is one way to sustain a communication in that family. And then also see this way. We are all in this world. A world not created by us, created by him. He knows everything from the beginning up until the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the necessary being and we're contingent on him. So without him, we cannot actually navigate our lives well. The Bible says in Jeremiah, I think, it says, it is not in the heart of man to direct himself. It is not in man to direct his own ways. We're not able to direct ourselves because why? We didn't make this world. We don't know so much about it. But there is one who actually knows so much about the world, not just earth, but heaven above. He knows everything. So if I took you to a place, or if I told you, hey, you, why don't you go somewhere? You don't know the place, but stay on the phone with me. I'm going to guide you on the path. You need to stay on the phone with me because I'm your guide. If you lose me as the guide, you're going to get lost because you don't know what's coming. It's the same thing in the world. God made the world and everything in it, even the earth. And while we're charting our course through this life, we're actually so blind. We need a guide. And the only guide we could ever have is the one who actually made the world himself. And that's our Father. So prayer is a place of communication. It's also a place where we get guidance from God on how to live. Of course, that's the part of reading the Bible and getting that. That's the truth. We talked about that in the past episode where you've got to get close to God's word because that's what's going to help your prayer life also. But most importantly, you're yielding to his will. So in your place of communicating with him, contrary to how many people treat prayer, you see prayer as that place of going to twist the arm of God. You see that place of prayer as that place where um, you, you have a list of things and then you want to go there and then say, God, I want this. God, I want that. God, I need this. Yeah, it's good to ask God. But one place that is quite important is praying in the Spirit. That is depending on the Spirit to pray for you and praying the will of God. And so every time we go to the place of prayer, if it is actually communication we're having, if we're communing with our Father in heaven because we have that kind of access, something is definitely going to happen there. What's going to happen is you will become more aware of his will as a result of your communication with him. And then if you ever had any form of selfish ambition, selfish desires, by the time you come truly in the place of prayers and you're talking with him, you become more aware of his will and you let go of your will. 
That's usually what happens. Prayer transforms us more than it transforms God. Because it doesn't change anything with God. It changes us. So if I have that communication, I become more aware. Oh God, this is what you want. Oh, this is so selfish of me. So this is how you actually want it. Oh, this is what I've been desiring, but it's not in line with your will. And then I, I start saying, oh, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Why? Because I trust that he knows what's best for me. I trust that he will never want me to go in a path that is dangerous or harmful to my life. Especially my spiritual walk. He wants what's best for me and it will lead me in the right path, the path of righteousness. So if I trust him, so when I go in that place of prayer and I'm communicating with him, I'm transformed. My will is submitted to his will. I get to learn more of him. And so when you go into that place of prayer, you're doing this because not because it's a religious obligation, not because you have to have a routine, but as a matter of fact, because your life is dependent on him. You have a relationship with him. How do you say you have a relationship and there's no communication? So that's one of the major parts of prayer that is quite important for us to get before we approach prayers. And when we start praying and communing with him and we're praying in the spirit, it becomes more of his will. We start knowing how to ask right. In the book of James chapter 4, in verse 2, something interesting happened when James was trying to address the, the selfishness of the people. And then he says in James chapter 4 verse, uh, verse 3, he says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. John, James is saying this is not how prayer is supposed to be. So I go into the place of prayer as a means of communication, communion with my father. And so while I'm praying with him, well, while I'm talking with him, while I'm getting to know more of his will, I'm knowing more of him because I have his word. I'm getting to understand more of his will. I'm understanding what is right to pray about and what is not right to pray about. He's guiding my prayer life. And so in that place of prayer, I'm seeking for his will to be done. Why? Because I know his will is what's perfect. So I'm right there saying, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. So prayer for us, the reason we pray as Christians, this is what I want to address in this episode. The reason we pray as Christians is not necessarily just because we have to have a routine. Oh, they said we should pray in church. Oh, my mother said you must always pray. Oh, this, you, that's not the reason. The first reason is because you have a personal relationship with God. And so prayer is necessary. And two, your whole life is dependent on him. You couldn't live it well. You couldn't, even if you tried. So the only way is by communion with him. And it's so beautiful, if we sustain or have a prayer life with the right reasons of going there and submitting our wills to his will, it's amazing how 
the relationship grows even further. There's a transformation in the heart. And you start praying differently. So if you've been having problems sustaining your prayer life, or mind you, a lot of people say things like, oh, I pray for 10 hours, or Jesus never told you how many hours you pray for. But he keeps saying you have to pray because he says, when you pray, it doesn't matter what position you take. It doesn't matter what posture you take in prayer. It doesn't matter what, where or what time of the day it is. If you see prayer as a means of communication, you'd pray almost anywhere. Why? Because your father, who's your love, who's my father, he's everywhere. And so if he's everywhere, I can pray to him anywhere I like. So even if I'm walking on the street, if I know this is to maintain communication, I pray to him on the streets. It doesn't have to be one loud prayer where the whole world is going to hear what you're saying. I mean, you could pray silently and you deliver the same power. I mean, it's, it's as potent as praying aloud. You don't need to disturb the next person while you pray. But if you've been having problems with your prayer life, maybe one of the reasons is because you don't understand why you need to pray. Because when you know the reason you need to pray, maybe that's going to change your perspective. Somebody say, when is the best time to pray? When I don't feel like praying. When you don't feel like praying, you pray. You talk to him because he's your father. You have a relationship with him. He's not far away. Jesus would say things in scriptures like, I can of my own self do nothing. Whatever I see my father do, whatever I hear, that's what I do. And that's what I follow. Now, Jesus we see through his life that he had a life of prayer. He had times where he would withdraw and he was communing with God. This was the son of God. This was God himself in human flesh. And yet he would commune. The communion between the Trinity in the place of prayer. Sometimes there's so many things that has flown out of your head. Maybe you read the Bible and so many things have just flown off. But by the time you come to communication, he reminds you. He reminds you of his word. And most times, if you've lost track, you've lost focus, you've lost sight of how great God is, you come to that place of prayer and he reminds you that he's in charge. And that changes your perspective when you come out of the place of prayer. And so that's why prayer is not just one routine thing that you just fulfill for the sake of fulfilling. No. It's a necessity for our Christian life. So why do we pray? Communion, sustain relationship, and to become aware of the will of God in every day of our lives. So if you're problem, if you're having problems with your prayer life, just take a moment to ponder on this. Why do I pray? Why have I been praying? Am I praying to God because he's my father? And I want to sustain communication. Or I'm just going there to ask for things, for selfish motives, and then I'm going to get away, and then after a while I remember. Or you're going to pay somebody to keep praying for you. And you know, when people have this idea, they want to pay somebody to pray for them, it actually doesn't sit well in my head, because <laughs> you don't pay people to pray for you. You don't pay people to have a relationship with God for you. You do it yourself. So, I hope I've blessed you. It's a short one, and I just wanted you to take time pondering this and yeah i'll see you in the next episode again so yeah breathe one please subscribe to the youtube channel instagram page and all the podcast platforms i'll see you in the next time
God bless you.